What's up, Fight Fan? You're listening to MMA Daily, the podcast where we bring you the latest in the world of mixed martial arts. It is Sunday, September 4th, 2022, and this week's episode, Going, Going, Gone. We'll talk about the latest from UFC Paris, the exciting doubleheader between Cyril Gaon and Taito Ivasa, as well as former champion Robert Whitaker taking on Marvin Vittori. We'll talk about the latest in MMA news. Public enemy number one may be taking on the legend and goat in boxing. We'll get into who those are. And finally, we'll talk about this upcoming Saturday's event. It is the battle of the superstars. Hamza Chimaev taking on Nate Diaz in his final night in the UFC. My name is Gabriel Gonzalez, and I'm joined by my co-host, Natalie Zamudio. Hello, Double G. It is a hundred and something degrees. How are you staying cool, my friend? You know what? Just like everything is just light layers sit under the fan you know not in the part of the room where the fans you know on the other side no right there smack dab under it and just keep on rolling what about you yeah so the ac in our house was broken for a long time and we got it fixed um the other day so we're pretty good except um today i'm not there Mm -hmm. (laughs) i'm at my i'm at my mom's house and i have a nice ceiling fan working its little heart out to keep me cool well there you go <laughs> well i mean let's talk about bringing the heat shall we i mean yeah. cyril gun tied to ivasa in france um first night for the ufc in france i believe it was legalized 2020 if not 2021 but it is no earlier than that so a lot of people expected the ufc to get there sooner I think that pandemic and everything, they kind of prioritize different markets before... Look, they're still getting their feet under them in terms of the travel. I don't think this is a secret. Um, but the fans really turned out. It was a perfect 5-0, and I believe, for the French fighters. All capped off by Cyril Gaon and Taito Ivasa. And what can you say about this fight? Just um, I think people knew going in it was the technician versus the slugger and you got a little bit of both Cyril with his movement with his footwork some just beautiful evasive action Taito Ivasa coming at him and Cyril just literally like the matador with the bull making it look so clean and crisp but Taito Ivasa gets to the chin in the second round knocks Cyril down looks like it could be trouble And Cyril just comes back and starts attacking the body. And really, that was the beginning of the end. Ty clearly was hurt. I don't know if it was a rib, shot to the liver. I don't know if he just popped one of those organs in the stomach. But the fact is, Ty was really never the same. Couldn't really take those body shots when Cyril targeted them again. And eventually, you have that finishing sequence in the third round. Gets him out of there. Cyril gets to... Close the show at home in front of his fans. So I will say most of that fight was Cyril gone, but yet it was still exciting. Not just for the knockdown, but just you felt like Cyril was in danger the whole time. Even when he had Ty hurt and Ty, you, Ty is like Derek Lewis. You could have him down, but you can't rush him because that's when you end up looking up at the lights and asking yourself what happened. Very fun fight. What about you? Yeah, fun indeed. You know, Tai Tuivasa comes out to Lady Marmalade, you know, from the Moulin Rouge movie with Christina Aguilera singing, you know, a classic 2000s 
uh, uh, a hit hit song there. So the excitement starts right away. Cyril Gong comes out. I don't know, some kind of French rap song. I don't know. But the crowd's feeling it, right? So that's great. The crowd is up, up on their feet. And once the fight starts, it's just a little, it's just a clinic, really, a striking clinic from Cyril Gaunt. The posture, the movement, the evasiveness, elusiveness, I mean, all the positive attributes you can assign to someone who can really hurt you with their hands, their feet, their knees, that's Cyril Gaunt. And what I love the most is just how composed he is, cool, calm, collected. Never once looked concerned, flustered, fluttered, like, he was just in a groove, in his zone. He knew exactly what he wanted to do, where he wanted to do. Um, to say he was on autopilot is a compliment. You know, I think he's just so well practiced that his instincts are sharp as heck. So, yes, there's concern. It's tied to Ivasa. Anytime you fight someone like him, like Derek Lewis, you have to be worried for that one shot to land. And it did. And, and, and Cyril Gaon was very honest. Uh, to say post fight that it hurt him, he, he was he was basically got knocked out for a second there. So he's lucky that he was able to avoid further damage because I think Ty just didn't hit the mark again after that. You know, in the immediate scramble after after that punch, if he had, it could have been all over, but he didn't. And so Cyril Gon was able to just take his time, piece him up with the jab, with the body kicks. I mean, just. You know, when you have a, a gut, and I say this not in a in a mean way, but when you have a, a physique, a gut like like Tai Tuivasa, you think you have a good amount of protection against kicks like that, but but not so. So uh, Cyril Gaon was just landing wicked, wicked body kicks. I kept thinking like, what's Tai Tuivasa gonna do after the fight? Is he gonna be in so much pain? Can he? Will he be able to eat, have a beer? I mean, you know, <laughs> because it just looks so excruciatingly painful. But all that is to say, look, Ty has a bunch of heart. He can take a punch. He has a chin and a half. We knew that. He'll learn a lot from this loss. Is he ever going to be good enough to beat someone as skilled as Cyril Gaon? I don't know because Cyril Gaon is just that many levels above most of the heavyweight division. And it just got me thinking about Francis Ngannou. You know, Francis Ngannou just really did whatever he had to do to win the fight. He was He was bigger. And he had enough wrestling instruction that he could do what he did to win the fight. But he's lucky that Cyril Gaon didn't get to piece him up the way he did to Tai Tuivasa. So what it really got me excited for after this after this fight is whenever the day comes that Cyril Gaon can fight, can rematch Francis Ngannou. That's one. Two, if John Jones, roll your eyes if you like, if John Jones ever makes it to the heavyweight, uh, you know, into the heavyweight arena there, that would be a heck of a fight. If I'm looking at all the heavyweights that are being discussed to face uh, John Jones, I guess, is it official yet with with Stipe? I don't know. Maybe mm, nope. No, okay. So, you know, all the names that are getting discussed. My number one now is Cyril Gaon. I would love to see that matchup. Um, and, of course, it's not up to us. We'll see what happens. But but that's my final thought on, uh, on that whole uh, night in France. Yeah, I mean, I think you really nailed it. Um... Uh, I'm still excited to see Ty. Like you said, I mean, uh, the way he fights, 
when you talk about those top level guys, look, he can crack you and put you down any given night, right? More so than most heavyweights. Like, for example, anything could happen at heavyweight, but, and I say this respectfully and I respect his veteranship, but it's more likely to happen fighting a Ty or a Derek than it is when you're fighting, let's say, Alexei Olenek. You know, I believe that's not unfair to say. So I think that Ty is always going to be there. He's still a young guy. I think people forget how, you know, he was a early, mid-20s when he debuted in the UFC. And he's just grown and matured since then. He's had some great wins since then. Um, but really, this is about the brilliance of Cyril. Just like I said, his movement and all that. And you get why he was favored against Francis Ngannou by Vegas. I mean, the way he looked out there, yeah. like you said, I mean, he looked, he, he looked like that guy early. And yes, Francis Ngannou did what you're supposed to do as a vet and pulled something out of the hat that he wasn't expecting. And maybe that is that one proverbial hole in Cyril Gan's game is getting off his back in that defensive wrestling. Okay, you know, that's something he could work on, right? He's still a younger guy too. But... Uh, to talk about the future, like we said, I mean, I'm not going to beat the dead horse, but they could add Stipe versus John Jones in December. I believe at that point, John Jones is probably going to ask the powers that be, Dana, could we get this done March pay-per-view, Las Vegas, me and Ganu? They say yes. Why fight Stipe? Why take the risk? You could... What did it... What's my number one? Secure the bag. Secure the bag. You fight Nganu in March. Stipe could be your first title defense in July. I mean, why why do it in reverse? You know, if you're going to lose, why would you want to risk it against anything less than all the marbles getting that heavyweight title against Nganu? Who beat Cyril? Who beat Stipe? So, you know, I'm going to just leave that right there. If that doesn't materialize... I personally love Cyril versus Stipe. I really wish they could get that done. I think that that would be such an interesting fight. You know, Stipe is very good. Um, but when you're dialed in, when you're talking about just striking as a heavyweight, I can't think of someone off the top of my head that I think is more elegant out there, just more of a technician with his movement and his precision than Cyril Gan. He's just yeah. got those moves. So I would love to see him against a guy who also, you know, not as pretty, but still as effective in his body of work as Stipe. Now, look, John Jones and all that. I mean, I saw this tweet out there that uh, John Jones watched that fight and he's looking at his squat rack wondering if this is all worth it. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, he's going out. He's going to do it at least once. I think at this point, there's no... There's no way out of it. I'll say it like that. But that being said, I, I do think that it will end up being John Jones versus Nganu. I know Eric Nixick, the Extreme Couture head coach, Nganu's coach said that they're looking at it, if not December, maybe early next year, which once again, the UFC goes to Vegas, T-Mobile Arena in March. They do it every year. They've done it the last few years. Perfect scene for Jones and Nganu. Hell, I think that on a good night, you could make that thing at Allegiant Stadium, but I digress. Yeah. Where do we go with Cyril? Curtis Blades is right there. That is probably, you know, 
on paper you feel like that is the biggest nightmare for uh, Cyril. Someone big, fast, technical, and the wrestling. You, it's like the one guy in the division who could yeah. unravel all that pretty striking, right? Right. You know, so I, I get... I think Curtis has been very opportunistic, as he should be. That's a great style matchup for him. I think it's a great test for him. I think it's a great test for Cyril. Winner of that one should be title eliminator. Doesn't matter if it's John, Stipe, Francis, you name it. Let's do it. Um, you could go anywhere with this, obviously. I mean, you got other guys coming up. But for my money, I think that that is what we're going to see. Jones and Ganu. Um, uh, Cyril and Curtis. And you know what? Stipe... Let's go Stipe versus Ty. Why not? Oh, you know what? Maybe Stipe versus Derek. It feels like that's the one other guy Derek Lewis hasn't fought yet. So how about that one? What do well, you think? Well, I like it. I'm, I'd pay for that. I like Stipe Ty, Stipe Derek. Um, I would love... Here's what I would love. Okay, of course, Jones and Ganu. That's the one that people want to see. But I would love for Cyril Gan to get the fight with Jones for his debut and just... just destroy him and then that would be the end of john jones heavyweight career um is that a little mean yeah but i think that would be kind of hilarious uh we're probably not going to see that so you talk about um you know curtis blades being the one who could who could um throw a wrench into cyril gone's striking with the wrestling i mean yeah he can not only can he do it but he's a wrestler and ganu did it and ganu's not that and Nganu had a busted knee. So Cyril Gon, Curtis Blades would be very, very, very interesting. Uh, my heart still wants Gon Jones, but but I don't think I'm going to get it. Yeah, the heart's allowed to want what it wants. I respect <laughs> that. Um, yeah, look, obviously, wait and see. Uh, I have to imagine if they don't announce it at the... They may announce it this Saturday during the pay-per-view. They may announce it during the Abu Dhabi pay-per-view. But um, long story short, we'll get an answer to John Jones in the future, probably within a month, month and a half. They will not announce it after November. We will have an answer or we will not. Or we will have an answer either way. Like, I yeah. just think that's fair enough to say at this point. Um, this co-main event, uh, Robert Whitaker, Marvin Vittori. I, I'll be honest, I, I love Whitaker's game. If you follow me for a long time, you know I'm a big fan of the Reaper. I really thought that this would look a lot more difficult than it did. And that's not to say Marvin Vittori didn't bring it. I love the fact that he stayed in his face. I was a little shocked at the takedowns. I thought he would go for more a little bit just to try to disrupt Whitaker a little more. The movement... I mean, I think if anything, it's like a compliment like to Cyril. Just like, this is how Cyril was moving the way Robert Whitaker was the feet like like you gotta watch it like you can't just zoom in you gotta take a step back and watch the feet the body the head the shoulders getting in and out using his precision um I believe Bisping said well like he goes to his he's got a couple of his signature moves but he mixes up the tempo he mixes up the timing the way he throws them and he's just so good he's so well conditioned He's a very quick and powerful middleweight himself. And Marvin Vittori going out there just like this Italian ox. 
dangerous the whole time, but he just never seemed to be able to figure out how to throw his combinations in a way that made Whitaker slow down. I think that was the big key. The good shots from Marvin just came too few and far in between. Still dangerous, but at the end of the day, I think it felt like Whitaker was just running away with it just on the movement and the volume that he was throwing and landing at. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you said it exactly right. I did think Vittori could have, you could have given him the first round, you know, when the tweets were coming in after uh, the round ended, I think, so I can't remember who had it for Vittori, a couple other fighters had it for Whitaker. Yep. So, you know, that's where he, he had his best performance of the three rounds was round one. Then Whitaker just, either Whitaker took over or Vittori ran out of off- offense, ran out of options, or a little bit of both, right? But yeah, Whitaker just looks smooth, man. Classic. His he was fighting classic Robert Whitaker style, a little bouncy. You know the the front foot turned in a little bit, like a little goofy footed, and just fast, 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 elusive. And then just you know what's interesting is not really much of a combination puncher, right? Just darts in, hits you with a punch, maybe a second punch, but but nothing beyond that. So it's kind of cool to see that he can be so effective with very little actual striking it's more just uh, the whole package of striking and moving and uh you know it's a good win for Whitaker and it just kind of makes you scratch your head and say okay well I don't know if anyone wants to see Adesanya Whitaker three should Adesanya make it past Pereira um and so you're you always say what's next and I'm thinking about this as I watch the fight and as I'm preparing to talk to you and I don't really know what's next for Robert Whitaker what do you think you know Paulo Costa stands out he needs to fight somebody right so I feel like Paulo makes sense um oh my god I blanked on it we have Jack Hermanson who's Jack Hermanson fighting we just talked about this oh my lord Jared Cannonier Uh, no no, Jared Cannonier lost his fight with uh what's his name um uh Sean Strickland do 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 Topology, save me right about now. No, Jared Kennedy lost to Adesanya. Jack Hermanson's scared. Derek Brunson. Derek um, Brunson. There it is. Um, another great fight. I think that Whitaker, if he doesn't look to fight Costa in Australia, then sometime next year, the winner of Jack and Derek. And I know, I mean, it's been enough time and Derek's actually improved a lot. So I'm okay with the rematch between Whitaker and... Derek, especially at this stage of their career, especially, you know, depending on what happens with Adesanya and Pereira, right? Let's say Pereira lands the left hand and shakes it up a la Leon Edwards. Obviously, Whitaker is probably going to wait and see. Is Adesanya hurt? Is he taking time off? Does Alex want it? Does UFC say, hey, pump the brakes. It doesn't matter if it takes us 10 months. We're going to do the immediate rematch with Adesanya and Pereira. I don't know. So we'll wait and see, but for my money, Costa or the winner of Jack and Derek, and once again, wait and see. Maybe Adesanya, if he keeps rolling, he says he wants to try to move up. Maybe there's a shakeup. Maybe there's, you know, all these things could happen, but for my money, those are the only ones that make sense. Or hey, let's say the UFC is like, hey, we're not going to do Edward Zuzman 2 until may hamzat maybe handles business quickly hamzat chemayev says i want to be all i could be whitaker chemayev boom 
Okay. Out of I like left that. Field. that out like. of left field. Let's yeah. get it. I like that a lot. Okay. Let's hope for that. <laughs> Do I think that'll happen? Most likely not. But hey, we're, <laughs> we're here talking, right? Yep. Crazier things. Um, what was your thoughts on the crowd? First off, uh, I mean, Ty, it's hard to beat a Ty 2 of Asa Waka, right? Um, yeah. I, I don't know if you saw it on the broadcast. Marvin Vittori's like that gladiator music. If you haven't seen it, check it out. But okay. it, Bisping commented on it. He said, like, I feel like I'm in the Roman Coliseum. And obviously Vittori, look, he, he's a just, that dude's just jacked, right? And when yeah. he walks out looking intense... You know, he looks like he's ready to throw down like a gladiator. I thought he did great. Obviously, during the Cyril Gaon fight, you had the national anthem. You know, the fans were singing it. And I told you, like, that is probably one of the biggest differences to fights in the United States. As opposed to... I know it'll happen like places like Brazil, but fights in Europe, like... There's just this national pride that will ring out because the UFC maybe just doesn't go there that often. But when I see the O2 Arena singing the Liverpool song for Patty and Molly, hearing the national anthem from Cyril and them for Cyril and the rest of the French fighters, it was just really cool. And um, I gotta say, I know I know Bellator's been there, but you got the feeling that. Just because of the brand name of the UFC, this was the arrival of UFC. So not UFC, but MMA in France. What about you? Yeah, it was a, a pretty, pretty fired up crowd. It's good to see. You know, the last time when were they in Singapore? Because that crowd was pretty. pretty that was exciting. June. Okay, yeah, I recall that. That crowd made a big impression on me too. Um, so you know, it was, it was great when you go to a country and you have a nice lineup of fighters from that country and the fans show out like that just gets everybody excited um going back to Vittori though I thought it was really funny that at the end of the fight he sort of hijacked the the mic from Bisping before Bisping could interview Whitaker and who knows we don't know what he said in Italian but (laughs) no one was there to translate it and uh, Bisping just <laughs> he just kind of shook his head and moved on to Whitaker. So um, I have no idea what, what, what Vittoria said. Did you, did you happen to find out later on if he said anything significant? I'm not going to lie. I, I told myself I need to Google that and I didn't. Um, <laughs> what's funny, he obviously says something in Italian and I think God bless the translator. He just so probably only was there like I'm here to do French to English and vice versa, right? Yep. Um, I'm sure uh, what I did hear they obviously showed the Italian fans and they said, ironically, there was like two sets of Italian fans on opposite ends of the arena. And so I'm pretty sure at some point Vittori was aware of that. And I think he just kind of wanted to probably just send a message. I'm sorry to my people, you know, I'd assume that was it and some frustration with the fight. Right. But yeah, so uh, a very interesting night. But like I said, it was a good night. You always... Like, I'm happy for the French people. Like, you, you're you like, man, I wish... Although, you know, look, we love this, right? Like, ah, oh, UFC is coming. That'd be awesome. To finally have it, it's like, dude, and the guys brought it. You know, I can imagine as a fan being happy to be there. So I was happy for them. Yeah. Um, Speaking of things, I'll be happy to see. So <laughs> it's been a very chill week of MMA news. We're getting ready for a pay-per-view, Labor Day weekend. 
we had a week off last week, so it just kind of felt like, ah, uh, you know, we're not really revving up just yet. But then this little nugget comes out. Jake Paul, next opponent, who could it be? And out from the web, through the smoke, <laughs> to the beats of DMX, Anderson Silva might finally arrive to end the madness of the YouTuber turned fighter. Uh, the rumor next month, I believe October 29th is the date they are looking at Anderson Silva to take on Jake Paul. As you know, Jake Paul is Jake Paul and Anderson Silva is Anderson freaking Silva. What are your thoughts? Oh my God. This is the fight we were talking about, you know, wishful thinking, right? When Jake Paul was fighting, what's his name? Ben Askren and Tyler Woodley twice. It's like, Pick on someone your own size. If you're going to go after MMA fighters who are not trained to be specifically boxers, pick on someone your own size. Who's available? The great Anderson Silva. He just beat Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. I mean, it was just right there for the taking. Jake Paul had this other fight that fell through, so now they're finally doing it. I'm very excited that it's on the horizon, but now I'm also very nervous. I believe in Anderson Silva. He's amazing. He's everything. <laughs> But God Almighty, what if, I mean, it's just fear setting in. The age, right? Well, yes, and, and, and the age, and, and, you know, what's the chin going to be like against someone that young? Mm -hmm. Now, Jake Paul, for whatever his boxing skills are, he has the advantage of youth, um, you know, size. I don't know if he's necessarily bigger than Silva, but he's probably got a lot more muscle. He's a built and, young man. Yeah, he's that a built size, young man, yeah. okay? Let's let's be real. And he does have punching power. So the last thing on earth I want to see is this this person, Jake Paul, beating Anderson Silva. So is that going to happen? I don't know, but it makes me nervous to, to worry. It makes me nervous that it's a possibility. That being said, Anderson Silva is could still beat most you know, most people <laughs> out there, he's just that special of a dude. But the Julio Cesar Chavez fight was what, a year, two years ago? I don't remember it's how long a, ago that I was. I believe it's just a year. A year. Okay. Okay. So that's still sort of fresh. All right. I'm just very nervous, man. I just, I want Anderson Silva to get redemption for the MMA community. I want him to, to just have another successful fight where he can win and show us how awesome he is. I don't want him to be embarrassed, and I'm not trying to say Jake Paul has all the ability to do that, but there's a possibility he could do that, and I just cringe at the thought. What about you? Well, I want to re remind you, he's also, he knocked out Tito Ortiz, and he also had that other fight uh, earlier this year. Yeah, where he, yeah. I know the clips are out there that like... I remember the, yeah, Tito Ortiz and the, yeah. He had a slower fight, but he had some good combos in there that made the highlight reels, right? It was yeah. one one way traffic. I'm not knocking him. It's just, oh, it just makes me nervous. I know. It's Jake. It's all this. He's a physically gifted young kid, and he knows what he's doing out there for the fights that he's had. I think what it's going to come down to really is just the age and the defense. I think that the best Anderson should beat the best Jake any given night. Yeah. But obviously, look, we've just seen it with box. Look, anything could happen when you're throwing punches and the knuckles touch that chin a little bit, especially when you're older like Anderson. Doesn't matter the gloves and all this, right? 
what I will say is that for the skills, Anderson is different. For the style, I put it this way. MMA fans will unite to see Anderson do Anderson things to Jake Paul. You know, it's uh, like it's going to be not a nightmare before Christmas because it's going to be right before Halloween. But you get what I mean. Yeah. The real frights are going to come on the 29th for Jake Paul. I'll say it right now. (laughs) Now, my one problem, the rumored location is Phoenix, Arizona. And I believe the only reason it's in Phoenix, Arizona and not our beloved Southern California, like I was trying to manifest last week, (laughs) is because the California Commission, in their great knowledge and brilliance, but ultimately... A heartless decision Ollie. to not yeah. approve a sanctioned homicide in the crypto.com arena. So that is why I think you're hearing now that Anderson did get his license for Arizona and not California. Because we I know, mean, yeah, I know ahead. it's probably a good idea, but come on, just let us have this. Let me have this. Out. It would have been sold out. <laughs> oh, I would have been right there myself. Uh, let me tell you something. I'll say it right now, guys. When you're when you've gotten used to the backstage and getting to work and have the kind of seat that I have, it's very hard for me to say I'm going to buy a ticket. I would have bought a ticket, <laughs> but I digress. Yeah. Anyway, um, would have been. A, you never know. Phoenix I'm looking, is close. It's close. I, I know. Just it's I like hard. having my car. I know. Don't like to wait in the airport. You know, sometimes you get a terminal with good food. Other times they just have like Greek yogurt. And it's like, yeah, dude, yeah. come on. I've been here three hours. You're taking it's a like, while. Yeah, it's like a Wolfgang Puck cafe. And it's like, wait a minute. Is he still like alive? <laughs> I know. Is that still a thing? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, you get where I'm going. Yeah. Um, It'll be good stuff. I'm Personally, I'm hoping he pulled something this week uh while we're in uh vegas to take advantage of the mma media there for hamzad and nate but i predict next week we'll get our little press conference and then you know call it macaroni anyway um obviously this saturday uh it is here the return of hamzad against the returning nate diaz after about uh more than a year off and we've discussed this fight multiple times now it seems like ad nauseum and i'm gonna go back to the same thing is just to summarize it i feel like and and maybe this is a big reason why they felt the desire to bolster the card with some big fights late right is that you feel like the fight itself is being sold on the hype as opposed to what you actually expect in the cage and that's a big part of how well they promote these things they, for example, the Hamza Gilbert Burns fight is on YouTube. That yeah. was that stole the show in April. Mm-hmm. You know who Hamza is. You know what kind of run he's on. They promote the heck out of Nate Diaz. You know how, the results of his last few fights against Masvidal, against Leon. You know, um, before that he lost to Conor McGregor. Before he took two years off, beat Anthony Pettis, and had those losses again. Yeah. So. You And look, I get it. There's obviously the shadow of the last night, uh, the last UFC fight for Nate Diaz and the future. You get the feeling Nate is going to be boxing Jake Paul sometime next year, even if Jake doesn't get it done against Anderson, right? Mm-hmm. All right, fair enough. 
Go get paid. Go have fun. But for my money, I think that this fight is really on, yes, a bit of the X factor. Does Nate pull just something wild out? I don't know what it could be, but okay, let's say he anything could happen out there, right? Okay. And then, you know, you, you got to just think about, you know, for Hamzat, can he kind of seal the deal and can he lock in? A fight for the title. Leon Edwards, Kamaru Usman, pick somebody, right? It feels like very possible right now. So I think that this fight is about the hype. Because you know in the terms of the cage, who's been performing better leading up to this one? What about you? Correct, the hype, right? It's uh, one of those where, at least for me, when I heard the matchup, I was like, oh, that's going to be great. You know, Nate Diaz and all that energy, the hype, the the lead up to the fight. And Hamzat has that that you know similar energy and i was like wait a minute though nate diaz is uh <laughs> hasn't been doing so well lately and you know he fought leon edwards he got beat he fought jorge mazadel was getting beat before the doctor stoppage you know is this gonna go how is this gonna go down and of course we've talked about it a lot you know watching hamzat fight gilbert burns i was able to see you know what he could easily do against Nate Diaz right leg kicks leg kicks leg kicks um and and then he doesn't have to worry about um anything that Nate Diaz does on his feet really you know if Diaz you know the openings I would see for Diaz maybe like you know kicks kicks down the middle but if he does that Hamza could just grab a leg and drop him and not be worried about going down to the canvas with him. Now, Nate Diaz, of course, excellent jiu-jitsu game, strong wrestling game, but we've already seen Jemayev against people with similar pedigree, and he just ragdolls them. I mean, he literally dragged Gilbert Burns like 10 feet, ac- 10 feet across the cage, just like almost like a, like a crab walk across the cage while he's carrying him. What did he do to the leech, right? He carried him to Dana White and started talking to Dana White. He's doing superhuman things to people that we know are already in elite athlete category. And Nate Diaz is in his own category, right? He is an elite athlete, but he's also someone who brings a certain attitude to the cage. He's a brawler. He's willing to talk smack in the cage, to flip you off, to irritate you, to get under your skin. Um, you know... <laughs> For all the the attributes you can pile on for Nate and for Hamzat, I think it's, I mean, you said it best, it's going to be some kind of crazy out of left field miracle for Nate Diaz to secure a win here. Can he hurt Hamzat, uh, you know, in a particular section of a round? Yes. Could there be a threat of a submission here or there? Yes. But overall, I don't think he has enough power or... Um, overall skill like you know skill package to beat Hamzat it's just it's just not there he he couldn't beat Leon Edwards who we've seen what he can do even Jorge Masvidal who was so well hyped and was not able to have any success against Kamar Usman he was doing well against against Nate Diaz so all that is to say it's going to be a fun week I'm going to enjoy the embeddeds I'm going to enjoy the press conferences and I'm going to hope that Nate Diaz just puts it all, leaves it all out there and does the best that he can do. If he wins, 
uh, you know, Conor McGregor won versus Nate Diaz, you know, won. If he wins like that, I mean, what a way to go out. If he doesn't, it's still an amazing UFC career, and I can't wait to see what he does next. Yeah, um, I think to look at it, like you said, uh, for fans wondering, go find Fight Pass or otherwise Nate Diaz versus Rory McDonald. And when I tell you that Rory suplex Nate Diaz all over the octagon, I am not exaggerating. And respectfully, I think that Nate has Nate's boxing has looked better since then. I think Nate's confidence in executing what he does in terms of his game plan, which is always the same thing, boxing and then get on top of you with some jujitsu if you shoot on me. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think when you talk about a re- and we talked about this, Nate hasn't really built himself to be this big welterweight. I don't think he sits there and hits the. And look, maybe he's like Kevin Durant for the basketball people out there. Just you can lift and do all this stuff, but at the end of the day, you're built the way you're built. And yeah. sometimes when you're just this long, lanky dude, you're not gonna get these big guns like T Rex, Marvin Vittori, Paulo Costa, right? You right. know, shorter arms carry bigger muscles. I don't know what it is about that, right? Okay. Looking at this fight, like you said, uh, sure, the clash of personalities, finally, all week is going to be great. I think people are going to be excited to see how good Hamza can be. People are going to be excited to see what does Nate do in what feels like it's going to be his last UFC fight. Anything could happen. But I think that for my money, it's just going to be a very lather, rinse, repeat. I think that Hamzat's going to go out there. He's going to use his length. Nate's going to try to get it going. But I think that when you talk about the speed and the power, Hamzat, couple that, probably go for a takedown, right? I think it's just going to run away really quick. I'm going to make my prediction. If you'd like to Stockton... uh, Slap me across social media. All right, let's get it. But I am going to go Hamza Chimaev. First round submission. Um, Going to go, you know, do I want a rear naked choke? Yes, I do. First round submission. About, I'm going to say, I'm going to give Nate Diaz two minutes. Wow. I said it. There we go. I mean, I literally, my jaw, my mouth dropped open when you were saying that. Literally, it dropped open. Um you know, I would normally, I would say, oh, that's fair. I could see that. Honestly, bro, that feels too soon. That feels too fast. I, I think I think Nate's going to be able to hang in there for at least a round. Um, yeah, and I guess you have to ask yourself, is Hamzat going to want to play with his food or is he going to want to, you know, just eat and move on with his day? So you're looking at it as, a, you know, he's going to eat his, catch his food, eat it, and move on with his life. Um, I don't think he's going to do that. I think he's going to, well, why would he, why would he give Nate Diaz an opportunity, right? And still, I don't think that Nate Diaz, let's flip it this way. I don't think Nate Diaz is going to, is going to get caught and finished in, in, in the round, in the first round. So I do think he will lose to Chimaev. I think it'll be, a. I think it'll be a round three TKO for Hamzat. Probably a little bit further than you think Nate can go, but I think it's going to be round three TKO. You know what? I just want I, I want the universe to return to, you know, 
return to normal. I'll just leave it at that. Um, I'm looking at the rest of the card. I want to give you guys a little more. Obviously, we touched on it. The Leech versus Tony. Um, could it be too soon for Tony? I hope not. I think fans... I just was watching the promo and they said it exactly. People are always excited to see Tony. I think Kevin Holland, Daniel Rodriguez is probably more intriguing. You got to feel like for Holland, this is kind of him trying to really say that he's in it for the long haul to be a welterweight contender. Then for Daniel Rodriguez, he's just, I've seen him live. He is deceptively technical and tough and, um, just very fast for the welterweight division and you kind of feel like this is that one he get past he gets past kevin he'll get on that fast track to the title i'm looking at irena aldana macy chasson this is big for the bantamweight division you gotta think irena looks good you could start talking about amanda nunez in fact i think that she's really the only one for amanda i'm not interested in a trilogy with juliana pena uh you got johnny walker eon kutalaba that just promises damage one way or another. Um, so it's a very... In terms of bang for your buck, the fight should actually be pretty good, that top five on the pay-per-view. Now, I know that obviously before you got Tony and Kevin and everybody, it, the star power didn't feel like it was there. I will say, you know, we keep talking about this. Was this the card that it needed? Looking at the final product... I can I can work with this card. I think that, you know, fans, when they look at it and they see everything, they're going to be like, okay, you know, I can I can mess with this one. I, I think that this is worth, you know, watching before I move on with my Saturday night. What about you? Yeah, I'm happy with this. I mean, hearing you talk about it, I'm like, yeah, Irene Aldana, yeah, Kevin Holland, you know, even whether Tony Ferguson's back too soon or not, I think he is. He's still going to give it his all. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a good, it's a good card. I'm not as down on the main event as I know you are, even though it's, yeah, you're predicting ice cold finish from Hamza, even though it's likely to be a Chimaev steamroll. Um, and so I'm still okay with this as a pay-per-view overall. It, it doesn't, it doesn't rub me the wrong way too much because Nate Diaz is going to give us something, you know? in the cage and on the mic and, and it'll be worth it yeah like i said uh the i think the week you're gonna have to get your entertainment value out of uh monday through friday yeah yeah i'm gonna just say it like that and okay <laughs> if i'm proven wrong then you know what okay the it, it happens but there we go from there anyway um in terms of that oh my gosh I'm sleeping today. This is what happens when you do a podcast on Labor Day weekend. You start to forget what's coming up with everything. Mark Zuckerberg. And what's uh, this like? Oh my gosh! <laughs> I swear, Let people are, people are trying to get that Facebook sponsorship. Like everybody, the guy, he's a dork, and he loves him. Look, he looks terrible fighting, and I'm just gonna leave it at that. <laughs> I mean, I get it. Let the man have his workout. He's not the only guy to like hitting the pads. But the fact that ESPN and MMA Junkie, everyone ran with that card. I was like, holy guacamole. Are you kidding me? I know. And you have real fighters complimenting him. 
Don't kiss his butt. Come on now. They want that sponsorship. Don't get me wrong. I do too, Mark. Please, Meta. I know Meta oh, owns yeah. Instagram. Uh, well but done, yeah. Mark. Yeah, well done. But yeah, no, I was like, oh, you know, was it that slow of a news day? Mark Zuckerberg hitting the pads. But okay, yep. hey, uh, I'll say this. He looks a lot better than a lot of people out there. So, That's you know, true. Uh, you know, we've hey, go to your local gym. I know we all got to start somewhere, but he didn't put his day one pad session out there. He put probably a couple years in pad session out there. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll give him that credit. But yeah, um, next week, that's what I was looking for. Corey Sanhagen on, versus Song Yudong. Um, obviously, Bantamweight's heating up right now. When you talk about Song coming up, and obviously Corey Sanhagen has been enjoying the moment the last few years. It's safe to say that this is another one. You throw somebody who could really mix it up with the top five. So I'm looking forward to that. What about you? Yeah, that, that's uh, that's that's all that's all upside. I, I got nothing, no issues there. Happy to see that. Yeah. So we'll be back next week. We'll be talking about everything. Hamza Chimaev, the highlights from the card, previewing Corey Sanhagen's Song Yudong. Ladies and gentlemen, I will be in Las Vegas. Do not worry. I will be nice to Hamzad. I will be nice to Nate. Um, but stay tuned with me for all of the stuff at Double G on TV. Just spell out the word double. We'll be back next week. Take care.